Welcome back everybody. This is Eric and Chad here with Iraq Veteran 8888. Today we've got another gun gripe episode for you and we are going to be chatting about the impending uh, constitutional doom that is looming over the heads of all of our, uh, our wonderful citizens up there in Virginia. Uh, a lot of folks are asking us to do a gun gripe about this. Uh, there's been some recent things in Virginia go down that we need to talk about. And guys, it's been a tough run. A lot of these battles that we're uh, you know, fighting are going to be at the state level. We're going to get into that a little bit. Uh, we definitely want to take a moment to thank the wonderful folks at SDI. If you want to learn more about gunsmithing, their programs are great. They're a wonderful group of people, got really good programs, and uh, they allow gun gripes to continue raw, in your face, straight from the heart, and uh, we, we thank them for supporting gun gripes. Uh, also, really quick, we want to mention, I'm wearing Military Arms Channel's logo shirt here. Hey, brother! Hey, brother! And then I've got 9mm SMG's Taxation is Theft shirt, okay? Any shirt that you buy over on Ballistic Inc., all the funds go right back into supporting your favorite content creators, whatever shop you uh, you shop on. So, you know, Tim, 9mm SMG, of course us, Plinkster, all the folks over there, if you love the, your favorite channels, consider purchasing a shirt and supporting their efforts. Uh, they all put in a lot of hard work to, you know, put out the content that they put out. So, let's get down to it. So, basically, what's happened now is Virginia has gone blue, Okay. Now, when we say they've gone blue, we mean that the Democrats now hold a majority in the House, the Senate, and they have a Democrat governor now. So they've gone completely mm -hmm. blue. And there's a lot of concerned people because the, the new governor has already said, hey, right out the gate, you know, they're, they're saying as early as January, they're going to try to sign in legislation. They're wanting full-on gun confiscation. Mm -hmm. They're wanting magazine restrictions. They're wanting all of this stuff. They're literally wanting to tell people that by a certain date, you have to turn in every single semi-automatic that's on this huge, all-encompassing list. Now, the governor of Virginia is a veteran. Uh, he was in, I believe, like the medical corps or whatever, you know. And it's just, I don't understand how these folks get out of the military and they have anti-gun views and why they would support something like that. So, gosh, any time in the veteran community... We see a fellow veteran that thinks has these ideas. It just doesn't make sense, right? Because mm -hmm. if you go around the world, you go to all these places, you're in these horrible situations with your fellow man, right? You know what I mean? Nobody wants to hurt another human being, right? No, but when you're a veteran, and especially when you're in a combat situation, I'm not saying he was or wasn't, but I'm just looking at the veteran standpoint, right? How can a veteran who apparently has seen issues in his life and has dealt with really horrible things that average people shouldn't have to deal with, how can they have an anti-gun stance when they've probably been places in the world where they realize how important gun ownership is to a free society? It's just strange. I don't get it. So that's one thing that chaffs me instantly. Oh, yeah. I mean, all you have to do is look into like, local news right now or the, 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 the world news right now is just look at what the situation in Hong Kong, which is an entirely different story in itself. We'll probably get into that to another video. That'll but, be another video. Um, you look at like Ralph Northam, who's the governor of Virginia, and back over the summer, you know, he was calling for a special legislative session to discuss suppressors because of an incident that occurred up there with a shooting with a you know, person who used a suppressor to kill some folks. And um, you know, that didn't that didn't go anywhere because they still had a mixed mixed bag in the legislature in the state. I didn't even consider yeah. suppressors, so they're, so they're going after suppressors. They, he's he's already been on the anti-gun tirade, and now that he has all of his anti-gunners kind of in tow, you know, in the the full legislature in the sit in the state, then you pretty much have ultimate control. It's just it's just like what happened back in '94 when 
on the federal level, we had Bill Clinton come in, and then we had a uh, legislator that was all blue and all anti-gun. And what happened? The, the crime bill got passed, and a lot of anti-gun stuff came down the pipeline. Not to say that anti-gun sentiments didn't get passed under you know mixed um, mixed congresses, but they did in the past. But typically, when you have all blue, that this is kind of what you get. You get a lot of anti-gunners in there, and um, yep. you know not all Democrats are anti-gun, but you know they're they're very rare. You know, I mean, gun-owning Democrats who are freedom-loving, love the Second Amendment, they're, they're rare people out there. It goes know? a little bit deeper than, than just simply that, though. So here's yep. part of the issue, right? When we have presidential elections, you have an electoral college, and that ensures that there's not an unfair swing of votes that go to the heavy, heavily populated areas yep. versus rural areas. All right, and if you think about it, it's a smart idea. There's a lot of people that are like, oh, well, we should do away with the Electoral College and all of this. Only when they lose. If we did that, <laughs> the issue is, if we did that, then you might as well just say our nation's completely Democrat because then yeah. all the large population centers in the cities would control every single presidential election. Of course they want that. Okay, so the issue is, at state level, there's really not a such thing as Electoral College. Mm -hmm. Okay, It's all popular votes. It's all popular mm -hmm. votes. So with that type of system... The large cities have a lot of sway over which politicians get voted in and out. And as a result, you have when you look at the counties that are blue and red, in Virginia, for instance, all of the blue counties are the large cities, yep. and then all the rest of the rural areas are red. And you think, man, that just seems awfully disproportionate. Okay, It shouldn't be a mob rule that gets to decide, oh, well, all these people are just happen to be in this one area, not to mention the World War II veteran that had was dead and voted. Mm -hmm. All right, so you know there's voter fraud going on. All right, now I'm not going to be coy enough or or high and mighty enough to say that voter fraud doesn't occur on both sides. Oh, okay? it does. It, it does. does. It most certainly does. But their side is known for it a heck of a lot more. Okay. And and look, here's the thing: when you have these large cities, when you look at the cities that are blue in Virginia. They're along the border up there, so a lot of those federal employees are driving back and forth to go to work, and a lot of them live in Virginia. So, of course, they're going to have very liberal and very progressive policies. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it really is true, and I have to speak from the heart. You know, government service, in general, is a very uh, almost quasi-socialist, uh, uh, forward-thinking manner, okay? Mm -hmm. Chad's mother is a government employee. All right, my mom was a government employee. I served in the military, so technically I served under a, a socialist type thing. I mean, think about it. In the in the military, if you get sick, your health care is taken care of, you get free food, you get free housing, you get paid. All these things are subsidized and they're free and the taxpayers take care of it. So when someone partakes of a situation where they become a government employee, they kind of get to a point where they're like, oh, this is nice. Mm -hmm. I get free health care. I get... You know, I get to vote in my own salary increases. I get to do all this stuff. And they're given a blank check by the people uh, to conduct business at their whims and wishes. And in very, very many cases, they're very rarely held accountable uh, for their fiscal irresponsibility. So when people are fiscally irresponsible and put in a position where they're encouraged to be fiscally irresponsible, it creates a group of people who are entitled to the sweat off your back. And it's, it's scary. And all, all you have to do is just look at the map of where <laughs> the red and blue areas are. Of course, the large cities, there's a lot of culture, there's a lot of people. And it's so strange to me uh, that it tends to be that way. But every state 
It's the same way. The large mm -hmm. cities are always overwhelmingly majority well, of uh, blue. Look at what happened in Georgia, you know, uh, last year. <clears throat> I mean, you know, my county that I live in is in the metro Atlanta area. It's always been a red county. But there's been a large influx of folks moving in from not only neighboring counties around the Atlanta area all over trying the to get out, but all over the country. For a while, my county was the fastest growing county in the nation for a few years running uh, back in the early 2000s, which was insane. But the thing is, you have this huge influx of people, and like we say in all kinds of videos, like when folks move away from tyranny or they move away from government policy they don't like, they want to ch they want to find a change, but they wind up bringing those policies with them. They don't like what they're moving into, and they're like, oh well, I don't like this. I want to change it. They're bringing their policies with them. That's not the right way to think about it. But my county went blue, and. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of other counties around major municipalities in Georgia that went blue, and our, gov our gubernatorial election, the, the governor's race, was very close. heated and very close, and it was nuts. But, you know, it's, it's only almost, it's, it sucks to think about this, but it's only a matter of time before a lot of red states kind of become mixed purple, you know, like Ohio, Florida, like battleground states, that kind of thing. And the big thing with the major municipalities is that, you know, a lot of the school systems and stuff, you talk about, indoctrinating children you know the, the municipalities are so many people there there's so many kids in school and the policies there are very liberal very socialist leaning very progressive and those people indoctrinate those children in those schools and there's no rhyme or reason about it it happens it happens on a regular basis out in the rural areas there's a different way of life there's a different way of teaching your kids values that are associated with just living free and then you know? when those large groups of people vote in all blue and then all the people in blue go ha 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 we get to do all of the horrible <laughs> things we want to do of course people in the rural areas are going to take issue with that because yeah. it doesn't reflect the values and principles in, under which they were raised under which they want to raise their children and the way they want to live right no no person in some big city should have the right to say hey you country boy turn in your gun that's just insane mm -hmm. right you know, if it only affected the areas that those people vote in, now that, I'm not even saying I agree with that, because there's probably people that live in the city that obviously vote uh, the other way or have differing opinions about firearms ownership and about policy, not just firearms, but various policy. Yep. And those people shouldn't have to deal with a bunch of bullcrap. But if it, if it were to only be in the blue areas, right, let's just say that if they were to make some anti-gun laws, first there had to be like a probationary period of like four years that they had to deal with it right where they live and nowhere else. Yep. So if there were counties around them that didn't vote blue, they don't have to be subjected to those laws. Only the blue areas where you guys voted all that crap in and let y'all live with it for four years and see how happy you are. Go ahead, take each other's guns, arm the cops to the T, and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you're going to change your tune. Yep. So that's the issue that a lot of rural Republicans have with the way these state elections wind up going. There's a lot of battles that are occurring at the state level that in a lot of ways way more important uh, than even the, the battles we have at the federal level, mm -hmm. such as people going, oh, well, who's going to be the next president? I think this is far way more important to look at the state battles mm -hmm. than it is, oh, who's going to be the next president? <clears throat> I mean, that's almost irrelevant if you lose all the state battles. Well, when you think about it, you think about the big swing in recent years of all the huge anti-gun lobbying groups focusing more on state races. And uh, they've been funneling money into not only western states, but a lot of eastern states as well, and especially battleground states, trying to get anti-gun 
sentiments out there. And uh, in a lot of cases, they've been winning in, in the grassroots movement because, you know, with, with Trump coming in, uh, you know, several years back, you think, okay, oh yeah, the assault on your Second Amendment rights is no more, but we've seen that not to be the case. Um, and people have gotten complacent, like we say in all kinds of videos as well. Uh, the complacency is there with gun owners. They think, okay, we're safe, no need to work about it. But <laughs> the thing is, there's always work to be done. And, um, you know, some of the stuff that, that Northam wants to put through is, is quite, you know, scary and it's it's the typical mantra it's straight up tyranny agenda. it's tyranny um, his agenda includes universal background checks on all firearms purchases bans on so-called assault weapons a meaningless term uh, ammunition restrictions bans on accessories such as silencers and bump stocks uh, he will also limit handgun purchases one a month and pass red flag laws allowing the courts to order guns uh, guns confiscated from those suspected to be dangerous we've talked about all these things in the past guys and it's just all a bunch of bull it's a bad idea yeah all right so the pragmatic way to view this whole thing, and, and if you allow me to extend this olive branch, okay? Look, <laughs> the, the thing is, is people want to turn this into a Republican versus Democrat thing, and, you know, there are a lot of things that the Democrats hold near and dear that I don't agree with. However, I think it's safe to say there are a lot of Democrats that are pro-gun. Yep. You guys are out there. I know you are. And we get it, okay? You might have progressive ideas when it comes to other fiscal things or other other things within our society, but maybe you're pro-gun. Mm -hmm. The thing is, we have to find some form of common ground, and I think we can all agree that gun ownership is a very important rallying call that we can all rally under because it represents keeping our families safe, you know, keeping our community safe, and keeping our neighborhood safe, and that's important, right? A lot of folks in the rural communities, a lot of minorities in the rural, and not rural, but the, the, you know, cities and stuff, large cities, urban areas, you know, they've always been told generation to generation, well, you're born a Democrat. You got to vote Democrat. You got to do this. You got to do that. And it's, it's unfortunate that a lot of these folks are good people and they're intelligent people that are, are completely capable of making great decisions on their own, but they don't do the research and they, they just take what's spoon fed to them. And that's a sad state of affairs that it creates this entire group of people that don't realize what their rights are. I mean, the folks in the urban communities, they are told, oh, you can't own a gun. Only police and criminals have guns. Indoctrinated and uninformed. Right. So yeah. the anti-gun mentality, and our friend Kevin mentioned this, uh, <laughs> Big Kevin, yep. Black Powder Kevin. And, and I always steal this from him because it, <laughs> yep. it is very, very pertinent in this case. The yeah. anti-gun mentality can be, you know basically chalked up to three different paths. You're either ignorant, you're evil, or you're insane, or you're all three. Okay? Now look, the ignorance we can cure, right? We can educate people on the facts about guns. And then people, if they want to remain ignorant and be willfully ignorant, that's on them. If they want to be willfully insane or they want to be willfully evil, no, no amount of fact is going to change the heart of that person and wanting to do what they want to do. But you'll find, though that many people that might be on the fence about firearms usually are just uninformed. They're ignorant. And look, ignorance is a choice. You can choose to be ignorant and be in the dark about something, or you can do your research and make your own decisions based on logic and facts. And honestly, I'd like to think, without making this a political thing, all we're concerned about is policy, right? I'm not concerned about saying, oh, you should vote Democrat, Republican, Libertarian. I don't care what side of the fence you're on. All I implore for you to do 
is to look at the facts. And the facts will always set you free. That's all we care about is facts. I, can, I, I, I represent the party of logic. That's all I care about. I care about what I can see and what I can make sense of, and then I, my heart will follow that. Mm-hmm. Your heart will always follow the facts. Always. And if you find that you are informed properly, that that willful ignorance will disappear because you realize, well, wait a minute, guns aren't the problem. Well, well wait a minute, I can own a gun. So, so just because I'm, uh, I'm a minority that lives in an urban community, all of a sudden, oh, only police and criminals own guns? That's not true. I've been lied to. You're all being lied to. The truth will always set you free. The truth is what it is. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about something a second ago, but now I lost it. Sorry. It just went fleeting away. It flew out your hair, mind. Yeah, your hair must have caught it there. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> oh, Ronald McDonald's evil twin here. <laughs> Man, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, I had a thought, but it, it flew away. Sorry, oh, well. I get all philosophical. It's I get okay. to philosophize. I got to wait on Eric to get all his hot air out before I can speak. I know. Um, I, know. I don't remember what it was. Uh, I really don't. But, I mean, Eric's, Eric's like right on point. I mean, the... Uh, the ignorance is crazy, but um, the bottom line is, to, to me, there's nothing logical about being an anti-gunner. I mean, it's 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 a universal right. It's to to self-defense, and unless you are able to have the tools at your disposal to defend yourself, you know, and this isn't just about hunting, like we always say. Okay, you got to think about the tyranny that goes on in the world. Um, oh, I know what it was. We're going to do a video on Hong Kong, but I don't think that the police and the military over there are worried about political affiliation with those protesters over there. Do you think they're worried about political affiliation and whether you're a Democrat or Republican or whatever you are, whatever flag you fly under? I highly doubt it. There's people over there flying American flags. And look at us. You know, look at the infighting here. It's ridiculous. And um, one of the other things I wanted to think or say was, I was just thinking about it, um, was, I'm really curious, I'm going to have to do some research on this, but where, where in our history as a nation did firearm ownership become such a polarizing issue and a political issue? Like, where was the, where was the split? Was it in, was it in the 20s and early 30s when we, when we, you know, when we were suffering through, um, you know, Prohibition and all the craziness the going Depression on, you know, uh, and, and the NFA came around. Did, did that kind of become the decisive issue where if you were Republican, you were pro-gun and you were Democrat, you were anti-gun? Because there was a switch in the parties and, and the values of the parties, you know, around well, the middle of the century. I know precisely so, what fueled gun control and what fueled this this hatred of gun ownership. But no, not, but that's a separate video. Not just, I'm going to have to have a special guest come in and make this video right, with me. Not just that, but the political affiliation. That's what I'm going to have to do some research on that because I've never really thought about that before. But now I want to know. Yeah. So because, because the values that Republicans hold now are similar values to what old school Democrats used to yes. hold. It's like the tables have turned. So guys, without getting out on a limb. We Ideas. definitely feel for our folks in Virginia. And look, there's a lot of folks in Virginia that are saying, screw it, we are not going to comply. I think that's a very positive way and a pragmatic approach to look at this. I mean, yep. it's it's good. You shouldn't be forced to comply with unconstitutional laws. And the law enforcement should not feel the need to enforce unconstitutional laws, which, by the way, is, part of their is quite a lot of laws, yep. not just gun laws. Yep. There's a lot of unconstitutional garbage that gets enforced. And 
excuse me, it's unfortunate uh, that we have to deal with it. So, guys, the tyranny in Virginia is real. We're going to be keeping an eye on it, and we will do as many videos as we need to get the word out. Uh, we, we feel for our, our fellow Americans and our Virginian uh, buddies, okay? Uh, we know that there's a lot of good, honest, good old red-blooded people out mm. in the rural areas that just want to live free and just act the way they want and protect their families. And believe me, we hear you loud and clear. We're here for you. Uh, our, our platform is your platform. Our microphone is your microphone. So you better believe if you're in Virginia... Uh, we're with you. Okay, we understand. We get it. We're going to do everything we can to put the word out. So thank you guys so much for watching today's video. Thank you for being a part of what we do. Uh, we hope we didn't go too far out on a limb on this one. We're just trying to you know, give you guys some ideas that maybe change your mind, right? Maybe you're a Democrat watching this video or, or someone who's towards the left, and maybe you can understand our approach, right? Like, you know, we're, we're very open people. We're honest people. We're always going to shoot things too straight. Uh, we believe in freedom for everybody, right? We want everyone to be a gun owner. We don't care what your political views are. I think you can put politics aside and depoliticize gun ownership because gun, gun ownership is the great equalizer uh, that can keep all of your other freedoms in check and keep them uh, pure and consistent. So uh, I don't think anybody should ever have a, a line against that, right? You don't want either side getting extreme and, and you know doing anything horrible to the other side. Nobody yeah. wants that. So it's important that we focus on each other and our rights. People are people, right? And this needs to become more about relationships with people and not with a political party, right? You don't marry a political party. You don't go and drink beer with a political party. You don't go to church with a political party. You don't pass by a political party on the street, right? You pass by your fellow citizens. And we all have minds, we all have brains, we all have hearts, and they can all be pushed in different directions based on logic. We need to go back to the good old days of us using logic to solve our problems and discussing things as a community of people, not as a political organization. Mm -hmm. The two-party system has really ruined this country. It, it's turned it into a cesspool of dick measuring. And it's really unfair to the average person who's just trying to live an honest and wholesome life. And the people that should and could be living a very wholesome life and that have been disenfranchised from the truth by years and years of indoctrination and lying. And we have to get around that so we can bring these people over to the fold of freedom. It's really important. Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Many more videos on the way. Can't wait to put them out. We got a lot going on. We're some filming fools. So we'll see you. Thanks for watching. And uh, more videos coming. See you guys.